0: You're listening to the Stress Nanny Podcast, and I'm your host, Lindsay Miller. I'm here to help you keep an eye on your family's stress levels. In our fast-paced lives, the ability to manage stress has never been more important for kids or adults. When it comes to stress, we have two choices. We can decrease stress or increase our resilience to it. Here on the number eight ranked stress podcast, I interview experts and share insights to help you do both. When you tune in each week, you'll bring your stress levels down and your resilience up so that stress doesn't get in the way of you living your best life. I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, this is Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining me this week on the podcast. We are talking about pets, which pets would be a good fit for a family looking for a pet and then how to kind of ease the transition and involve kids in developmentally appropriate ways. My guest is Dr. Carol Osborne and she's fantastic. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Stress Nanny Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and I'm delighted that you're here to make your life a little less stressful. My guest today is Dr. Carol Osborne. She's an author and world-renowned integrative veterinarian of 20 plus years. After graduating from the Ohio State College of Veterinary Medicine, Dr. Carol completed a prestigious internship at the Columbus Zoo. Shortly afterwards, she launched a very successful private practice and became the founder and director of the nonprofit organization, the American Pet Institute. She offers a traditional veterinary care for dogs with a softer natural touch and her approach highlights the importance of nutrition and utilizing holistic avenues in combination with traditional treatments. Her first two books, Naturally Healthy Cats and Naturally Healthy Dogs, hit the international bestseller list. The multifaceted Dr. Osborne is also an Emmy-nominated television journalist. She's gained national prominence through her frequent appearances on popular shows, including Fox and Friends, The Today Show, Discovery's Animal Planet, and Good Day LA, where she was the on-camera staff veterinarian. She's also been featured in USA Today, the LA Times, the Ladies Home Journal, Woman's World, In Style, Pet MD, Dogs Naturally, com, and the New York Daily News. Dr. Carol, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited about our conversation. Well, thanks for having me. So, we're going to dive in today to some questions about how to help kids acclimate to pets because it can be stressful. Just the thought of introducing a new pet into the household and all the different things that you need in terms of supplies and food and um, whether you're having crates and toys and all the things, that part is stressful. But then also there's like an emotional and relational piece that is sometimes hard to kind of wrap our brains around, right? Absolutely. So what do you see when, when you're helping people make like an initial introduction to a new pet and a small child or, you know, someone else in the house? What are some of the best ways people can do that?
1: Well, Lindsay, I'm going to I'm going to take a step back from there. Um, I I think one of the most important considerations is before you buy a pet or adopt a pet, you need to do your homework, be responsible, don't buy on impulse, and if you're a mom, you need to be very honest with yourself about the amount of time and work that you are willing to put into a pet. For moms with kids like most of us, you are essentially adding one more child to your family, and you will be responsible to take care of that pet for the next 10 to 15 plus years. Now, don't expect your kids or your husband to take care of your pet, because I can assure you that you will be the one taking on the chores. So with that being said, um, if you find yourself in a situation where maybe taking on another pet doesn't seem like it's the right time, for example, you know, you can read books. uh, You can go with perhaps your child to a shelter and volunteer. You can go to dog and cat shows to familiarize yourself, uh, not only with the options, but also the responsibilities. Now, what if you decide that your situation isn't right for a purchase, but maybe you want to foster a pet and that would give you and your little ones a chance to decide if pet ownership is a good decision for you. So once you've done all those things, (laughs) um, and again, before you get that pet, I think The three most important considerations are personality, lifestyle, and the home environment. And when I say personality, I feel that matching the personality of the pet with the personality of the person receiving the pet is the single most important consideration, whether the pet is for yourself or for your child. Um... And when it comes to breed, it's the temperament of the breed that's extremely important, especially where kids are concerned. Because the last thing you want to do is get a dog and bring it home and your child has an incident with it. You know, they get scratched or they get bitten or something like that, which um, which is not, not an uncommon situation. So... Once you've figured all those things out, and I will put in one more little tip. Um, As a veterinarian, I have moms and dads come into my office all the time. Uh, For example, the mom and the dad come in with a 90-pound Rottweiler, and as we're taking care of whatever it is they came in for, they then proceed to tell me that they got the dog for their child. (laughs) Well... First of all, a Rottweiler Rottweiler is a terrible choice of a pet for a child. And what I'm trying to explain, I guess, is is that a pet is such a personal decision that it is nearly impossible, you know, to to choose what's the best pet for this particular individual, unless, of course, the individual is you. Um, and, And if... If we're doing, you know, the family pet, which uh, in this situation, I, I, think, I think we are, then there are many, many more considerations to consider uh, before bringing an animal home that, that will actually work with you, your family and your kids. For example, uh, let's count up the family members and their ages. Um, then let's find out with the different members of the family, what are they interested in? A dog, a cat, goldfish, an iguana? Um, are there other pets in the home? Uh, if so, are they dogs? Are they cats? Uh, how old are they? What sex are they? Are they neutered? Where do you live? You live in the city or do you live in the country? Do you have a yard? Uh, if you do, uh, is it a big yard or a little yard? What do you do for a living? Um, what is your lifestyle? Are you active? Are you kind of in the middle? Do you spend a lot of time, you know, kind of sitting around? Um, How much time do you spend at home? Of course, now, since the pandemic, many of us spend a lot more time at home uh, because so many of us are working from home. Um, But again, think about it. Do you travel a lot? Uh, You know, how much are you home? If you travel a lot, who's going to take care of the pet? Uh, That's what we, keep kind of coming back to um grooming um grooming is is a big deal uh what what i say to people is uh the bigger the pet and the more hair he or she has uh the more it's going to cost you and the higher the maintenance Um, that's that's a big deal breeds with a lot of hair you know every six to eight weeks you're going to be at that groomer Um, and if you're not you're going to be vacuuming up like crazy if it's a, a short-haired breed, which is much less maintenance, much lower cost, um, maybe you and the kids can give the dog a bath, you know, every four to eight weeks, it's, it's a lot easier. Um, what about temperament? What, what is the best temperament for you, your children, your family? Uh, you know, calm and low-key, spirit and lively, active and energetic. Um, how much do you exercise? Uh, Are you going to exercise with this pet? Because someone has to take that pet out. They've got to plan on walking the pet outside at least a couple hours a day, uh, seven days a week. Um, Doesn't sound like much, but you'd be surprised how it can be. Um, We talked about traveling and the cost of boarding and pet sitters. And then um, is anybody in your house allergic, allergic to pets? Very common. Um, and then is, is there anyone in the home with a special need, um, seeing, you know, seizure detection, hearing that kind of thing. So I think that keeping those considerations in mind is absolutely the first most important thing to consider, as well as the fact that mom's going to be doing 99.9% of the work. And then you think about, all right, well, what what can my kids do? So certainly, mom, you're going to be the one supervising your kids with those pets. Kids five and under, 100% direct supervision. And if you can't do that, the pet needs to be crated or caged or confined in some way that he is completely separated from your kids. Kids eight and older, um, keep an eye on them especially if you have mischievous young boys, you, you just, you never know. And if you have a uh, little babies, you know, in the crib, never let the pet in the baby's room, uh, unless, you know, you are r- right there. Uh, no matter how wonderful the pet is, um, you've got a little baby there and, um, you just can never be too careful. I think is the best, the best way to put that. make sure you have a pet proof lid on your diaper, uh, hamper, um, or else, um, you might find those diapers kind of all over the house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a really good tip. Uh, those are all fantastic. Thank you. You know, and, um, a, a
1: lot of, you know, when it comes to the, you know, where we still have kids in the, um, you know, In the the cradles and the strollers and and those kinds of things, dogs often forget their house training, again, because it's the smell of the poop and the pee, et cetera, from your baby. Um, And then there's a problem with the toys, you know, whose toys are whose. Um, You can do a little Listerine scent test. Uh, You dab the Listerine on the baby's toys, and then you play a game with your dog and you say, where's your toy? And the idea is that the dog brings you the toys without the Listerine sense, um, going on the fact that a dog's sense of smell is quite keen, and um, that way you don't have your dog slobbering all over your, uh, your child's toys, which is a good thing to keep in mind. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you're looking for direct tips. Just a couple more little thises and that's. Yeah. Um, you're looking for large purebred dogs. Labradors, Goldens, Shelties and Collies, um, those are good considerations. Collies, great with quiet, quiet kids, very high maintenance, regular grooming and lots of hair. Uh, Dalmatian, you don't have to worry about the hair, good dog for adult, poor choice for a family dog or child. Boxer and Mastiff, great with adults, not a good choice for kids. Uh, low maintenance in that they don't have much hair, but because they're big dogs, you have to think about the food that they eat, the, the cost involved there, um, as well as veterinary care, you know, shots, worming, heartworm and flea prevention, things like that. Uh, every time you add a pound, you can add, add a couple dollars because it's, it's going to cost you, you know, m- more money, if you will. Um, terriers, great choice if you have active young boys. Um, They also like to dig up your garden, so mom might not be so keen about that. Uh, Dr. Spaniels, great with adults, bad choice for a child. Uh, Mixed breed dogs, uh, you know, at the pound or the shelter. Sometimes, in my experience, can give you the very, very best of both worlds. And sometimes I think that they know you gave them a second chance. And um, they just end up being... The, the very best dogs you, you can ever imagine. Um, if you're looking for kitty cats, um, Maine Coons, they have a personality like a dog, great for kids. Uh, Siamese, smart, finicky, temperamental, and good for adults. Uh, Sphinx, Havanese, uh, they don't have much hair, so they're very low maintenance, um, but probably not a great choice if you live in Florida or the hot sun. Um, because they don't have any hair to protect them from um, all those UV rays, if, if you will. Um, going to the allergy consideration, um, Bichons and some poodles uh, do not shed much. Um, a lot of these crossbred dogs, they've got all kinds of doodles today. Um, and if you're looking for a doodle, once again, really do your homework. And don't get caught up in these online puppy mills. You need to meet the mom and meet the dad and not meet someone halfway halfway between here and there because they've given you some excuse. Uh, Take those as giant red flags. And as far as introductions, introducing kids to pets, again, age appropriate. Five and under mom is there every step of the way um, because they're kids and they don't know. Of course, you get a little stuffed animal and you can have all kinds of lessons with stuffed animals for, for small children and, you know, merge them over to, to, the, to the real McCoy. Um, but it's a, it's a constant supervision and mom's going out there and, you know, how do you feed and what do you feed and when do you take them out and where do you walk them? So in general, most kids, you know, it, it's, it's a home run with a pet. But it's that supervision factor, and and the fact that you can never expect your child to really take care of your pet because it's a child, and they're growing up and, and you know and, and learning as well. I don't know. That's probably a, a lot of things to uh, a lot of things to, to you know to keep in mind. I think those are probably the most important things that you know that I can think of. If You know, if if you have a dog that isn't socialized and is very fearful, or you, you know, you go and you pick that puppy that's all huddled up in the corner, probably a big mistake. Because why do people and children get bitten? Um, In most cases, the dogs are fearful. Um, And so that's, that's, that's a whole nother story and situation, if, if you will, um, But if you have a friendly dog that's well socialized, which is the key uh, to having not just a great pet, but in particular, a great family pet who's good with kids, um, then, you know, if the child accidentally, you know, pokes their ear or pulls their tail or does something that's a little bit unexpected, chances are the dog will just walk away and ignore it. But some other dogs that don't really have the personality Uh, to to put up with small children, et cetera, Um, sometimes uh, they're not as friendly, you know, about that. Um, You know, the old story about the the cocker spaniel and the child walked up to it to to pet its head, but instead she hit the ear and it's a cocker spaniel with cocker ear, you know, a booming ear infection that they didn't realize with it, the child gets bitten. Um, Those kind of stories are, are common. The dog didn't bite the child because it's mean, but because its ear is painful and and hasn't been addressed. And no one knew. Uh, Today, I'm sitting in my office with people that have been my clients uh, for over 25 years. They've got two cocker spaniels. And we're constantly addressing the ears. And lo and behold, I find out they never even picked the dog's ear up. (laughs) Much less look inside, um, which is mind boggling to me as a veterinarian uh, after all the things we've been through. And, uh, you know, I'm going on and on about cleaning and medicating and this and that. So, um, just things, things like that that sometimes we don't think of um, happen. And then with little children, what, what you don't want is, um, you know, to have a negative experience that, you know, makes the child fearful or, you know, afraid of a dog, for example, um, when in actuality, the dog will usually end up being the child's very best friend.
0: Yeah. Oh, those are fantastic insights. And what would you say, I mean, just one more quick question about that idea of startling, because I think it's such a good point that, like, it can go both ways, like the pet could startle the child and the child can startle the pet. Yes. how, In those moments, like, are there phrases that you use or ways that you kind of explain what type of interaction you're looking for? Like if the dog, like helping kids kind of read what the dog or cat is, um, is wanting or needing. Like I, my niece was over the other day and my, my dog is the, just the right height that she can like sit and lay on her. And so I have to be constantly, you know, she loves her so much that she's just like lay on her and give her a hug. And I'm like, remember sweetheart, she, she's not, she's not strong enough to hold all of you. So you just give her a gentle hug or remember we can't sit on her. Um, but what do you say to help kids connect without fear of hurting a pet, but also just like with a complete respect for like the pet having its own needs, you know?
1: What you said was exactly correct. That the situation worked out supervision. It may not have ended up, you know, the the way that it did. So I'm assuming that your child is young,
0: yeah. My niece. Yeah. She's four. So she's
1: four years old. Yeah. Uh, we set the benchmark at five for 100% constant supervision because it doesn't really matter how many times you say something. <laughs> it's a good point. Uh, it doesn't really mean they might hear you. It doesn't mean that they're listening to you and it doesn't mean that they're imprinting. I say things to people over and over and over again and then these are clients, you know, that are there for whatever it might be um, with children. And I'm, I'm if, if you're a mom, I'm sure we're on the same page um, just because you thought you explained it really well. And you probably did, you know, in one ear and out the next. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's patient, constant supervision um, that will always be a good guide.
0: Be helpful. Yeah, no, that's great real quick before we go, are there specific ways that, you know, like good, good ways for little kids that age to play with pets, like a zero to five or five to eight? Do you see certain things like playing fetch is great for eight to 10, or, you know, being able to help with the food is great for zero to five. Are there specific things that you're like, this is kind of the best way for them to play with or interact with the pet, you know, at these ages?
1: Sure. Less, less than five, it's you and one child. And, and you guide everything. If you're holding their hands, you know, pat the dog on the back versus poke them in the eye. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying it's, 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 it's all about mom or, you know, the nanny, whichever one it might be. And that's a, a one-on-one, like I said, 100% of the time, because they're, they're, they're little kids. They don't, you know, they, they don't know Just because you tell them something it, it doesn't mean a thing. You, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, so any activity, um, was, you're saying any activity, any activity is okay for that age because it's going to be done t- in with tandem you. with the parent.
1: Okay. Exactly, and if the parent's not there, the pet shouldn't be there either. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, you know, I mean, that, that's just a simple fact. Yeah. Um, you, you, when your kids are eight and over, um, I, I, think, I think I said, you know, keep an eye on things. In other words, don't let your kids in the backyard and then go to the movie theater for a couple of hours. Um, You know, check in on, on, so you can, you know, there's not a problem, but that's why I said it's, um, this is all about adding on the responsibilities uh, of pet ownership, uh, primarily uh, to mom, um, unless you get like the best nanny in the whole wide world. Um, you know, when kids are older, well, then, you know, they're, they're more mature, they understand responsibility, and um, they're more apt to follow through on whatever their chores are, walking the dog, feeding the dog, you know, et cetera. But kids kids are kids. Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, as parents and caregivers, um, we have to protect our children.
0: Yeah, both the, the furry ones and the human ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 well thank you so much dr carol this has been so insightful and such a delight to talk with you today i really appreciate you joining us here on the podcast
1: well thank you it's uh, it's my pleasure as well and um uh, our website um chagrinfallspetclinic.com um, as well as drcarol.com abbreviated d-r-c-a-r-o-l.com um has lots of great information over 1500 articles uh, addressing everything from A to Z on pets. Um, we also welcome questions from pet lovers and nanny lovers coast to coast. They can call us toll free at one eight six six doctor carol which is 866-372-2765.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again. Well, I hope this quick little episode gave you some things to think about, either in terms of how to incorporate your kids into caring for a pet or in your contemplation of bringing a new pet into your home. You've just finished an episode of the Stress Nanny Podcast, so hopefully you feel a little more empowered when it comes to dealing with stress. Feel free to take a deep breath and let it out slowly as you go back to your day. I'm so glad you're here If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for your support. It really means the world to me. If you're new, I'd love to have you follow the podcast and join me each week. And no matter how long you've been listening, please share this episode with someone who is stressed out. If you enjoyed the show, would you please do me a favor and go to ratethispodcast.com slash nanny and leave a review. The link is in the show notes. I'm so grateful for all my listeners. Thank you again for being here. Until next time.